Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Nato. Actually, I need, I need to pray. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Heavenly, Heavenly Father, thank you for another opportunity to be in your presence this evening. Lord, we pray that you have. I don't want to speak in my understanding. I pray, Lord, that you help me to speak, not through myself. And I pray for understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, um, the title of my little talk is um does god control everything um in the past before the 90 before the night before the 90s it was believed that god was the cause of everything whether good or bad whether it's in sickness or not doing or natural disasters and even death it was believed that it was god that was responsible for everything you will hear things like when people die, you'll be like, hey, God gave and God collected. And so hey, God has his reasons for everything and all of that. So, but today we believe that illnesses are due to microorganisms. We believe that um, natural disasters happen because of forces that are part of the natural order of things. Now, second slide, please. But the thing is that God knows everything about us he created and governs the entire universe in awareness of everything that is happening in it god does not overlook the slightest detail in the universe imagine one who knows the number of hairs on our head one who is aware of the sparrows that he created you will see that in luke chapter 12 verse 6 to 7 God equally knows what we need even before we ask him and he's able and willing to help us. The truth is that God is omniscient. He knows everything because he created everything. Now, people may argue that the universe is mechanistic, which is um, that everything uh, operates according to fixed natural laws. This simply means that people attach reasons to why things happen. They no longer attribute them to the power of God thanks to the emergence of the modern science. Next slide, please. Um, God is both the primary cause of the universe and also the primary cause of everything that happens in the universe. Before anything happens, there is a universal cause of that thing to happen. I don't know if you understand, like, God will not come to on the earth, he uses things to achieve his purpose. So God is a primary cause. And then whatever thing that drives his intention to get an outcome is a secondary cause. Mm -hmm. Now there's a distinction between the primary and secondary causes. God is the primary causality. That is the major cause. He's the author of all, all that is, and he continues to be the primary cause of human events and of natural occurrences. Yet his primary causality does not exclude the, the secondary causes. Mm. So like I said, he uses the secondary cause to drive home whatever outcome he wants to achieve on it. For example, when the rain falls, the grass gets wet. It's not because God made the grass where he did not come to just pour water on the 
grasses mm. to make you wet or on our crops to germinate or something. But what does he do? He sends the rain. And who created the rain? God did. Mm. So the rain could not fall apart from the causal power of God that stands above every secondary causal activity. So one could say quickly that the grass is wet because the rain fell without looking for looking at the looking further for the higher ultimate cause, which is God who created the rain. The 21st century people seem to think that we can get along just fine with secondary causes and not give and give no thoughts to the primary cause, which is wrong. God is the author of being. We cannot exist without a superior or a supreme being in existence. This is because we don't have the power to live. We don't even have the power to, ex to exist on our own. Mm -hmm. Next slide, please. We can see uh, that in Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 25, it says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and bread and everything else. So if you don't have bread, you can't live. And who is the supplier of the bread that we breathe is God. Yeah. Next slide, please. So the question is, what would happen if God ceased to exist? If God ceased to exist, the universe would perish with him because God did not only create the earth, he sustains everything in the earth. Mm -hmm. So we are dependent on him, not just for our, ori our origin, but also for our continuing existence. Next slide. God governs all things and ordains whatsoever that comes to pass. His sovereignty is not exercised in such a way to destroy human freedom or human violation. Rather, human choices and human actions are part of what God gave to us. God allows man to make choices, but he controls the events. So we have the ability to make choices and our freedom can never limit God's sovereignty. So God controls everything, but then he gives us choices to make. He gives us the freedom to make our choices. And he, he gives us the right to act according to whatever thing we want to do. Next slide. Thank you. So God is absolutely incapable of doing evil. Man. The question is, who created evil? Um, the truth is that God cannot be seen doing evil. According to Job 34 verse 12, surely God will never do wickedly nor will the Almighty perfect justice. That's the New King James Version. Meaning that you never see God doing evil. God cannot do evil. But who ordained or created evil? He did. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 7, it oh says, God. I form the light and create darkness. Mm. I make peace and I create evil. Mm. I, the Lord, do all these things. Other version to say calamity. He created evil, but he did not put it in man to do. God did not make man to be evil. We only chose to be evil. We choose to be evil. Remember, he gave us choices. He gave us the freedom to do whatever thing we want to do. He gave us um, the right to act on whatever thing, however we want to act. So we choose to be evil 
not him putting the evil in us. Mm. For example, the devil was created as an angel, but what happened? We know the story. Mm. Next slide. God can ordain evil to happen for good reasons and also to vindicate his people. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. He said, we, say, we know that in all things, God works for the good of God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So God can permit evil to happen for his purpose, for a purpose or for his good reason, which and also to vindicate his people. Mm. For instance, I'll just give two shots, I'll just um, give two instances and then I'll end. The story of Job in the Bible. Remember when um, um, God had a meeting in heaven and then the devil came to him and the, uh, God asked him where he's coming from. So that he's been on the earth, we're going to and through and all of that. God now asked him about Job, like, what do you think about my servant Job? He's righteous, is this, is that. The devil said, how won't he be righteous when you've already blessed him with so many things? And then what happened? God asked him, where now? Go and do whatever thing you want to, but don't kill him. Do whatever thing you think that if you, if you do to him, he will curse me or he will not be righteous. And then what happened? God allowed the devil to make evil them to fall on uh, this guy, Job, to before Job. So, but what happened? Job did not curse God. He still became righteous. So you see, God ordered, ordained the evil that befell Job for the purpose to vindicate Job from the unrighteous accusation of Satan. Mm. Now, the story of Joseph, we all know Joseph, his brother, sold, his brother sold him out of jealousy, which is evil. God allowed them to sell him because of the evil in them. So, but what happened? It paved the way for their survival because if not for Joseph, they would have probably died of hunger. So does God control everything? Yes, he does. Does, uh, uh, does God do evil? No, he doesn't. It's us that do evil. Mm. Thank you very much. That's lovely. That's really, really, really beautiful. Um, I think that's more or less like um, a discussion starter for us. I've only listened to what um, Neto has shared. I think my, my take home from, from what you've shared is just that last line. It's the answer to the question. Does God control everything? Yes, it does. But does he do evil? No, he doesn't. But can he use evil to serve his purposes? Absolutely, he can. Uh, but in the midst of everything you've said, perhaps there will be some questions that have propped up in some people's minds or contributions, as the case may be. So we can take um, some of those now and then just open up the floor for conversations or reflections on that. Perhaps you've also thought of the question before, but maybe in another light. Mm. Feel free to share and let's reason together along those lines. Should we start with David? Ah, uh -uh. why now? Baby David, do you have a question? <laughs> He's, he's watching his mom on the screen like, is that really my mom? so content. <laughs> cool. Any, any thoughts, any contributions, any additions? And you too. Um, what I would, <clears throat> the, the point I wanted to raise was where you said, yes, God made evil, 
But mm. yeah, what was how did she say? God made evil, yeah. And they created he created everything. So he said, Behold, I've given you life and death, just life that you may live. So he's giving us the options to choose. What about this um, example in the Bible where he made an evil spirit come upon Saul? Mm-hmm. Is that not him making, is that not him putting the evil in Saul? And not just putting the evil like where it is and Saul went to get it. <laughs> Saul didn't go ask for <laughs> trouble. It was, it was literally, was- it, said, it said it came upon him an evil spirit from God. From God. So I won't I, I, I won't agree with you that the evil was staying on its own and Saul did not look for it. I mean, there's that rhetoric in the Bible, beginning with Pharaoh, for instance, whom it was said in the word of God that God hardened his heart as though God made him made it impossible for him to do otherwise than to continue to do wrong. But of course, if you then take the story genealogically and I mean chronologically and read, you see that again and again it has been said that Pharaoh adding this heart, Pharaoh adding this heart, Pharaoh adding this heart. After the first plague, the second plague, the third plague, by the time it got to about the fifth plague, we started seeing God adding this heart. So it's because he has chosen repeatedly and consistently to harden his own heart. And by so doing, God said, okay, if that's what you want to continue to do, I will partner with you in your, I will empower you in your choice. It's almost the same thing for Saul. Here is a guy that has consistently disobeyed God's instruction. Go and wipe off everything, take off, take, take away nothing from this land. It will go, it will take some things. Um, don't do sacrifice, he will be the one to do sacrifice. It's just this very people-pleasing syndrome kind of guy. And that kept getting him into trouble, getting him into disobedience against God's instruction. Mm. So in other words, Saul had it coming. When Bible says God, I never speak from God tormented him. It's not because... Sorry, Pastor, can you spotlight yourself? Can I ask something? Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, someone wanted to ask something. Yeah, so let me go all metaphysical. All right. Then um, I know <laughs> said in a jokingly way, as in while God is someone evil spirit and all that. Yeah. But yeah. then I would like to ask, what do you consider an evil spirit? As in, what mm. makes it a spirit? What makes it evil? So that's like a basis to our question. Mm. That's a nice question. Yeah. A way to put it. Go. And I, also, my question there yeah, for so when I when I because when I, when I read the, the story, mm-hmm. the whole thing started when. I don't know if it started when when he heard people praising David, David and said yeah. David killed no Saul killed one thousand but David killed ten thousand and the women were dancing and doing and thinking with him at that point he, he started to the, hate the hatred started to come so I'm trying to explain what I think he would means but obviously he would do the exegesis or whatever they call it yeah so it's 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 evil when it's what is not right? Mm. Does that make sense? It's it's not evil like witchcraft, like we know it in Nigeria. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that's correct, but there's this evil that corrupts your mind. It, it could be. It so could, it's more of um, your thoughts than and actually a spirit. Mm. Like um, evil generated from your thought rather than a spirit descending on you. So basically, does your thoughts corrupting you? 
that what you're trying to say? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> but it's also the evil spirit that I know of. I've seen all these <laughs> Nollywood movies and and it will be like a masquerade coming up from them. I'm just <laughs> you've seen too many you've seen too many knowledge yeah. um, so yeah but i think it's also in the um it's in the bible um <laughs> Sorry, because i i've not read it personally but i watched it in one movie yeah yeah um in what's the name of this movie again is it a big joy yeah that's okay. the name of the movie and it was talking about the story of a man I said I'll go and read that story of a man called uh, in the in the land of Gadara or something like that of a man that was filled with a whole city of of yeah. demons and evil spirits. Mm. So I think there's also evil spirits. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's not only Nigeria movie, but mm. yeah, I'll take um, praises contribution then Titi, and then we'll begin to tie it together. Yeah. Praise, you can go on. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Thank you. Like, I, I enjoyed the conversation. So, my question, I think it's um, in line with what everybody's saying. Evil and all. You mentioned um, God created you. So, my question, basically, like, from what James wrote, James chapter one, I don't want to say um, God sentencing you. Evil God and my part is at um seventeen, which is every good and perfect comes from God. But not change is not change that things are there's no variableness in him. I see that to mean as God is not to say God I don't know, but God cannot create good and create evil at the same time. Like God is just like one knowing as light, no shadow, so I mean, so I, I'm trying to like bring the stuff together. How why would God create evil? Okay, so he said he, he won't put the evil, choose to be evil. Fine, I know there's evil, but does the source really come from God? If yes, why would he have created evil or like what thing? Yes, he can work everything out, but why create evil in the first place if it won't cause problem? Absolutely. Good, good question. We'll come to that as well. Oh, okay. Go on. Yes, that's it. Go on. Okay. Um, when NATO was actually talking, the thing that came to my mind was a question that Nikkei asked. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what is actually evil? Yeah. In the God created evil. And the thing that does jump to my mind was probably the fact that anything that is in opposition to God is what is evil. When yeah. they say God created evil, I feel like everything God created was good. On the seventh day, he relaxed, he created man, he created everything. You know, at some point, he even regretted creating. Like, why did I create all these people, Seth, with their wahala? So I feel like at some, he gave us that free will, but we used it for bad, and that bad made it evil. So it's not as if God created evil. He created everything he creates is amazing and good and perfect, but... We, by our own short-sightedness, you know, wanting Apple that doesn't concern us and all of that, Ojukokoro-ish, excuse me, excuse my Yoruba, um, <laughs> doesn't make it, I feel, I don't know, uh, I know, so there's some Bible scholars here that are fire and hot, they'll probably help us out, but I think it created all good things, and then we now chose to be know-it-alls and overdoers and 
you know, removing God from the equation. I think once you just remove God from the equation, it makes that thing unjust. Like um, I, I, I say, but I hear amazing people say as well, like, it's not just about what you do, it's why you do the things you do. You know, it's not as if Adam and Eve just wanted to eat apple that is just glistening. They forgot Jesus says, it's not, God says, you not eat it. They didn't forget. They were like, what is in this thing? They were over curious. They remember that, you know, it's another thing if you fall without knowing, but when you intentionally go against God, and that's what I do is trust God, obey God. That's why trust and obey is summed up in all of that. And once you love God, you don't, you don't go in opposition to him. Yeah, I think, yeah. Thank you. Um, Kingsley, go on, and then Anya. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, sorry, let me um, mix this. Okay, can you all hear me? Yep. Yes, we can. Great. And uh, thank you so much, Sister Nato, for the <laughs> word you just said. It was so profound. Bless God for that. Um, I just want to um, pick up from what uh, Sister Titi um, was saying. You know, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, where God created everything. The Bible says that God created everything. And everything was good. Everything was good. So God created everything. Now, we talk about evil. I was um, discussing with uh, Sister Nato earlier about this statement, evil. And um, God planted the tree of good and evil. And if you look at the tree of good and evil, he said we should not eat it. He gave us a choice. Mm -hmm. And we did what? We ate it. Mm -hmm. And God came back and said, excuse me, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem us from the cause of that tree. Now, that tree, if you read that, if you look at Genesis chapter one, you see where the Bible says that there was God's darkness. Can you all still hear me? Yeah. Yes, we can. Okay. You see, there was God's darkness, if, I, if I'm sure the word I'm using, I think verse two or verse three of Genesis chapter 1, where he was on the earth. Now, that was when the devil was kicked out of the of heaven. He was kicked out into the earth. I may be wrong, but this is my, what um, I think, um, uh, the reason for the tree two, two of good and evil. God created evil so that he can use it to punish the devil and the fallen angels, the one-third of the angels that God has created. Because the end, devil has fallen before he created man. So he created that to punish the devil. And the devil was like, no, I'm, God, I'm not going here all by myself. I'm going to find people to go with me. And then he went to the woman. And from the woman, he went to the man. And then sin came into the world. Mm -hmm. And then from there, death, we started having physical death. And we had a, uh, a death, spiritual death. Like there was a gap between our fellowshiping with God until Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he brought us back into that. And that's why Romans chapter 8, verse 28 said that everything works together for good for them that believe God. You see? That's what it says. For them that love God. For them that love, not for everybody, for them that love God. In Genesis chapter 1, before we ate the apple, it was for everybody except the devil and the one third of the angels. But now it's for who? Those that love God. Now, there's something I need to change. There's an impression that I recently saw is that Satan is not the opposite of God. So that God is good does not mean that the Satan is evil. So God is like a big man that created everything. And then he just called some 
little uh, things to call beings, angels, and one of the angels disobeyed and he sent that angel down. And that angel understanding he, that he has been sent down, he created hell for the person, for that angel. And what did he do? Okay, if we say God did not create hell, why is it that he's the one that has the key to the hell? Because he's going to send devil to hell. So if you did not build a house, how do you have a key to that house? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, why I, I, I strongly believe that God created evil, but like Sister Nato said, it's our choices to do evil and not to do evil. And when we receive God into our life, if we receive Jesus Christ into our life, he has redeemed us from the cost of the land, mm -hmm. from the cost of eating that tree, and that by his righteousness, by just accepting Jesus, we are now righteous and everything was together for our good. And I'll say this and then I'll stop. Is that there's what we call the end of a man and the latter end of a man. What is the end of a man could be what you're looking at. Oh yeah, you've got cancer. That is the end. You have four days to live and Jesus shows up on the last day. And yeah. then that's what gives you life. And that means that everything has worked together for what you're good because the latter end of it is good. And there's a promise that we have. He said that give your life to Christ and you what? I will give you everlasting life. That means that the latter end of our life is everlasting life. But remember, it is for the good of those that do what? That love God. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's a beautiful contribution. Annie, and then I think I should well, Annie, go on. If you are still there. Hello. Hi. Um, good evening, everyone. Good evening. So um, I was going to talk about the questions coming up for the origin of good and evil, particularly evil. And talking about it, I remember um, a scripture came to mind, the case of Ahab and the lion spirit and the prophet Micaiah. Yeah. So we have Ahab and Jehoshaphat wanting to go to war and Jehoshaphat requiring for a prophet if there was one there. And then the prophet came, gave prophecies in favor of the war, of Ahab going to war. And Jehoshaphat insisted, is there no prophet here that we can inquire of the Lord? And he said, oh, there is one. And then they sent for Micaiah, who has been locked up in prison somewhere. And he came. And before he came out, the servant, the messenger who went to call him said, James, say, give your prophecy in favor of what has been said already. And he was like, okay. He came out and said, give his prophecy in favor. And here I was like, have I not begged you in the name of the Lord to always tell me the truth? Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, this is what transpired. So in heaven, God was saying, who would go and make sure Ahab goes to war and is destroyed in war or he dies in war. And if you look at the story of Ahab and all that has happened before, he has done a lot of evil, a lot of atrocities, wickedness, unimaginable things, unimaginable things he's done in Israel already. And God has said he would destroy him mm. or would punish him rather, that's a better word, would punish him for what he has done. And Elisha gave the word the prophecy and he repented at that time. And so the judgment did not come to him at that time. 
and God went back to um, Elijah, was it Elijah or Elisha, I'm not sure, and said, can't you see Ahab, what you told him, he's repented and had a change, has a change of heart. And then fast forward to now, he, he repented in court at that time, but then continued with the evil of the things that he was doing and still on doing them. Then now God is saying, your time is up. And there's a conversation in heaven as it was with Job, who would go? And then a lion spirit comes and say, I will go. And the lion spirit, and God asks the lion spirit, how would you do this that you're going to do? And the lion spirit says, I would go and be a lion spirit in the mouth of his prophet. Now this mm-hmm. is linking back to the question that um, Manu asked about um, the scenario of Saul and the yeah. spirit that came. I don't think people just sit and then spirits just go out and start troubling them. Think there has to be like a track record of mm. something that has been done positively or negatively and when we say good or evil i would think that it's more of the function of what they do what they carry out if you say someone is a manager in the workplace it's more of the role that they carry out in that place where they are mm. so something would be evil because of what it does the function that it carries out mm. so that line spirit was a line spirit because of the role it was going to play in the mouth of the prophets that were going to prophesy. It was going to make them say what wasn't really God's intention to ensure Ahab goes to war and is killed in battle. And eventually Micaiah said the truth and he was like, didn't I tell you Jehoshaphat, this man doesn't like me, he's never liked me. And he sent him back to prison. And Jehoshaphat, um, the, the prophet even told him, this is what transpired. And this is why you've got these prophecies that mean good, but they're not actually good. Um, so yeah, on that note, I would say that spirits were into evil or good, not necessarily just your mind being evil or um, making you do evil or think evil that can be but spirits are not just taught spirits are spirits they come they do what they're meant to do their function determines what they are look at the man um, someone gave the example of the madman of Gadara he had legions of spirits he was possessed with demons even if you read the scriptures you see the demons that Jesus cast out of people some of them said the demon of fever some demon of um, madness it was different it was just because of the function that they carried out that's what made them that spirit that they were at that time and then someone saying something about don't think god was the one who made evil or good um i agree with the scripture that says that what god made everything that god made was good in the beginning but then evil we can trace evil back when he started transpiring with man from before in Genesis, when man fell, so when they ate from the fruit of the tree that God had said they shouldn't eat from, and then they fell. So they had the power of choice from the beginning, but they decided at that point to use the power of choice that they had for something that was negating God's word, God's will, God's purpose. And then there were consequences, obviously. They had to be thrown out of the garden. 
and then they mm. start stealing and making ends meet from them for themselves. And that's how the journey began. And more and more, that nature, that falling nature, was more um, drawn to doing what was against God's purpose and God's plan, which leads to the time when God says, oh, I'm tired, these people are giving me stress. Why did I even create them in the first place? So yeah, that's my understanding of God did everything good. But then we got to a point where man made the choice to do evil, which I like the definitions of my view, is something that negates what, what God has laid down. Because in God, all things, he, he is the author of all things good and beautiful. I think that the scripture that also says that, um, yeah, all good things come from God. So yeah, that is beautiful. Thank you, Thank you very much, Annie. Um, lovely contribution. Henry. Dr. Henry, you are muted. Okay, um, I'm just gonna support what everyone has said with just one scripture. In Romans 1, 28, it says, um, <clears throat> so since they forgot, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, mm. he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should never, or things that should never be done. And I think it's self-explanatory. Uh, in as much as like in Genesis chapter two, uh, I read that God made the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But again, in as much as He's given us like the free choice to choose where we want to go. And in that, in this whole uh, Romans chapter one, it talked about like people creating evil and creating all sort of negative things. And what still they cannot, they encourage others to do that to do the same thing. So, yeah, that's my contribution. Thank, you, Thank you very much. And that's straight to the point. I love that. Sister Ife, you raised up your hand briefly at the time and took off. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, I'm just happy because um, Annie just um, mentioned what I wanted to, the verse I wanted to um, quote. Um, Genesis chapter 2, verse 9 says and out of the ground made the lord god to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight mm -hmm. and good for food mm -hmm. the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge and of good and evil mm he -hmm. created the two and i feel what my understanding is that i believe that it had a purpose it all had a reason why he created the good and the evil at the time and I believe that according to what Annie said with the evil spirit and everything, even reading through Genesis from the beginning, we would see that he wasn't alone. For, um, Genesis chapter three, verse 22 says that after man sinned, he said, and the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us. Mm. He wasn't, he had many, there were many, maybe Jesus, other spirits, one of us. And now they know, um, I don't just want to go from my, it says um, to know good and evil. Now they know what is good and they know what is evil. And that is the reason that he didn't want them to stay in the garden. It's not that he, it, it's not that they couldn't stay in the garden, but he knows that if they were to stay in the garden, then they probably will eat of the tree of life and live forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. continue 
to do those evil things. Yeah. It's not that the evil, it was there so that maybe he had his purpose for doing it. It was good as well. So I feel it wasn't that it wasn't for, a, it was for a particular reason mm -hmm. because he knew that there will be moments when those things will be needed. Mm. Maybe to, for his glorification or something. This is what I, I, I think. And I, this never came to me before. Like just recently, this chapter twenty-two came to me to say that that's the main reason why he sent them out of sent human out of the garden, so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life mm -hmm. and stay forever and be forever and continue to sin. Mm. Because even when he, he said he repented of himself that he created humans. He knows that they will continue. Mm. So the only way he could, and he loves us so much. So the only way he could do that is to send them out, send us out, it's us, <laughs> send human out. And that. when he sent us out, he was able to then find a way to redeem us, to yeah. say that, yes, I know that Christ will come. I'm going to, he, he has made the light before and he will still do something, I guess, to bring us out of that darkness. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what, this is my contribution. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Very, very lovely, lovely contributions um, from everybody. I think by the time we bring it all together, we, we've gotten the message one way or the other. Um, as we begin to land it and tie it together for the day, it's past it already there are two things that are going on in my head um or maybe more but one is the fact that we know god we know the character of god from god's word as much as as much of himself as he has revealed from his word we know his love we know he's good we know he's just we know he's righteous we know he's kind and all of those things we know there is no shadow of turning in him but all of those things the fact, for instance, that God is right and righteous and righteousness all personified or all together in one being necessarily means that, and the fact that it's love necessarily means that there must be choice. The only way to validate someone's love is if the person actually has the opportunity or the option to not love, but choose to love. Mm. And so the only way God would validate the love of Adam and Eve for him in worshiping him, in submitting to him, in ag admitting that he's their Lord, is if there is a test to validate that love, that test would come by the reason of the power of choice. And so the presence of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden serves that purpose to say, okay, let me see where, if you say, I love you, if I say I love her, the reason why that makes sense is because there are, five billion other ladies in the world, yet she's the one I'm choosing to say I love. But if she's the only lady in all of the world and I say I love you, she can as well say, who again is there to love? <laughs> the Yoruba's will say, oh, Jebi, <laughs> So because she has the option, I have the option of many other ladies, but say I'm choosing this. So basically I'm saying choice validates our love. And that's part of the quote unquote necessity for evil. That's one thought. The other thought is the fact that what we call evil and what God calls evil, sometimes they are two different things. In other words, if God does anything, even if what he's doing 
we are looking at it and seeing it as evil. The fact that God is the one doing it and we know that God does not do evil means that that thing is right. So for instance, God's banishing the devil to the final judgment of eternal perdition is not evil, even though we can look at that and say, ah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wrong thing to do, but who standard? Mm. For him to do that means it's the right thing to do. Mm. For God to permit things that look disastrous and catastrophic from our own point of view, it, it means ultimately that it's the right thing to do because he knows many other details and he has all access to all the data that you and I do not have access to. And so whatever God does is right. Even if the instruments of his rightness or righteousness or actions are seeming to be evil from our perspective. And so I'm saying on the other hand of this discussion is the fact that when we say evil, we can think that we know what evil is. But as long as that definition is not on the pedestal of who God is and, and, and his sovereignty over everything, we will run into problems. And that's why ultimately, look at this, this conversation. We started from, does God control everything? We are drifting towards evil. I mean, that shows that people have struggled with this aspect of why is there evil in the world? And of course, this is an age-long question. It's always been in theology, they call it the Odyssey, the origin of evil, the doctrine of evil, and all of those kind of things. Um, but the point is, does God control everything, including what we call evil? And the answer is yes. And that should be a redeeming, reassuring, restoring, hopeful, hope-inspiring thoughts for us. And that's where I want us to, to, to land. That to know that whatever can be going on or whatever may ever go on or go wrong or go right in the world, there is one that governs over it all. And his name is whatever you call him. He's God, he's Yahweh, he's love, he's all of those things. And he's on your side. So this is this is where I want us to, 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 to land it, that the God that governs over all the details of humanity, the one who made it all, sees it all, knows it all, and, and rules over it all, reigns over it all, is your dad, is your friend, and is on your side. Romans 8.31, if God be for me, for us, who can be against us? It goes on in the next verse to say that if that same God will not withhold Jesus from us, which is like himself, the biggest gift he could ever give. How shall he not with Jesus, with the gift of salvation, freely give us every other thing? That's, that's where this question should take us to. If the question of does God control everything takes you to a point where you are doubting about whether God is always good, yeah, it's, it's doing the, the direct opposite of what the question is supposed to do. We're supposed to land back on the fact that there is nothing in this world that escapes God. There is God will never discover anything. He will never learn anything. He will never have to be like, wow, what just happened? That would never happen <laughs> because he is God. That's what it means for him to be God. He's self-governing. He sees it all, knows it all causes it all, masters over everything. And so there is nothing that is beyond him. And that gives me hope to know that that being, that person is in my court, is on my side, is in my corner, is fighting for me, is 
is fighting my battles is on my side. And so whatever may go on in the world, I have hope, I have peace, I have rest, I have a shelter, I have a secret place, I have a pavilion wherein my soul can be hidden. I think that's what that question really does for me, just knowing that there is a God over mastering over everything. And